This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. We are right there. And when you wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that. I actually saw a comment that somebody dropped five stars in the comment box. We appreciate that as well. Keep, on, keep them coming. We really appreciate you for that because that helps us, you know, spread the we spread helps us. Helps you, you know, help spread the word. You know, because you don't want to keep, you know, ATL Day 1's a secret. Like, like when you got greatness going on, y'all giving us y'all time, we're going to give y'all some good good. And that's what we're going to continue to do today because it is a Friday. And Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Aints is going down. T, 1 o'clock on Sunday, we're going to do our big, big preview for that. And we also have a very special guest today. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. Let me tell you, this dude is very confident about what's going down on Sunday. We'll talk about whether or not that's real or not. And last but not least, and for the culture, Double O, Oyeka Kongwo, T, you always talk about how good this dude is. Well, a lot of people are starting to get some notice. And speaking of good, Michael Harris is dropping some serious bread on a good cause. We'll talk about all that in the For the Culture. But first, we got to talk about Falcons versus Saints, T. And, you know, I put a poll out on our community page on YouTube. Go check that out. We got a lot of good stuff over there just for you. And, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, I asked, you know, because I got a little confidence myself. I asked, hey, you know, if the Falcons win, who's going to be the MVP of that particular game? And, you know, the choices were Lorenzo Carter, Marcus Mariota, A.J. Terrell and Kyle Pitts. And at a whopping 46%, people believe that Marcus Mariota is going to be the guy. T, what say you? I thought that was very interesting because that's not the direction I went in at all. If okay. he is serviceable, if he is, a dare I say, a game manager, and you get what you need out of the run game, then I think it's you're hard. good to but I actually went with A.J. Terrell. And okay. the reason I went with him, actually, if you look at the game last night, that drubbing, uh, of Bills over Ram. But there was one thing in particular about Josh Allen. I want to say it was Stefan Diggs, but don't quote me on that. But Jalen Ramsey was targeted eight times. You want to know how many completions? Eight. So a perfect in, QB rating, by the way. Exactly. Perfect. Point three. Josh Allen was perfect. Awesome in case you right. In case you you know, didn't know. The reason I'm mentioning that is because you've got AJ Terrell. And you have Casey Hayward. And we're looking for them to really kind of shore up the secondary, right? To be those anchors, if you will. But when I look at it as a whole, because, hey, here and there, you might need help, if you will. And then you look at the fact that the Saints do have three viable wide receivers in a Michael Thomas, in a Chris Olave, in a Jarvis Landry, and a wonderful, maybe one of the best, if not the best, uh, running backs in the league who is a pass catcher out of the backfield and Alvin Kamara, somebody nice. somewhere is going to have to stop their receiving game. Quit, quit lying to yourself about Jameis Winston. Jameis mm. Winston is good. Okay. Quit lying to yourself and saying, well, the quarterback whisperer is gone. Sean Payton. Yeah, he's gone. But guess what? 
the OC who had been under Sean Payton's tutelage for years, as well as, of course, the DC who's not the coach, he's still there. And he was a part of them retooling and re-envisioning and reimagining who Jameis Winston can be. So again, for me, it's the secondary, maybe in a critical moment, Jarvis, maybe when you are right there and the Falcons have, you know, a three-point lead, if you will, or they're clinging to a, you know, a one-point lead, a two-point lead, and there's a third, and does that one conversion to move the chains that'll get them in field goal position, or hey, if they're in the low red zone and they're about to score, where will A.J. Terrell be relative to if that's a pass call for a play call and determining the game? Now that we have Casey Hayward, we're going to start to see A.J. Terrell really show us his worth. Yeah, I think I think he's going to get some opportunities, like you mentioned, to get some balls thrown his way because it's not wide open on the back side, <laughs> on the other side of the field. You know, I'm not going to name that dude's name. Like, we, we're done with that. 2021 is in the past. But I will reference him. It's not going to be like it was last year because I believe Casey Hayward brings a lot more to the table than that dude did last year for the Falcons. And I think that one of the things that you brought up is about about Jameis Winston. I wanted to continue to talk about that. But before we do that, T, please tell the folks about what that new flavor is that Bill Bar. What, what they got going on over there? Yeah, Bill Bar is interesting in that Built.com is where it is. At. And I know that's not good grammar, but hey, that's a good candy bar. That's a good chocolate chunk puff, if you will. So go back to your your days, like elementary school, junior high school, right? And you would sneak into the refrigerator and kind of get the little cookie dough chunk, right? Well, right. that is what this is. This is like a remix or a play on that old school favorite of ours to get that raw. But here, you get some other benefits, right? So, of course, it's 100% real chocolate. That's the first thing because Built only uses quality products. The other piece is this. You're talking about, like, uh, calories, if you will, 160 calories. I mean, that's just amazing to think about right. it from that perspective. And the fact that you still get good, healthy, wholesome ingredients that 15 grams of protein is what you're going to get from that bar because it's collagen protein. So again, you're looking for something to absorb very, very quickly. That's what this bar is able to do. The other thing is this, hey, if you're about to go like me, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go hit the park later on today. And I'm on the run today because I have 50,000 things to do. I don't have time to sit and eat. I do have time, however, to get that built bar. Yes, so that is what I'm going to do on my way to walking around the park. And then the other thing is, as you guys know, in that ATL traffic, it was thickums today. It took me much longer oh, to boy. get home today. And I expect this is what we're going to be all weekend as you guys get ready for Falcon Saints. Take that built bar chocolate chunk puff around with you so that you don't get in that traffic and then you're feeling some type of way because you're hungry is all get out. You want to know how to get it? That's easy. Go to built.com and use that promo code locked on so you can get that 15% off your order. Again, that's built.com using the promo code locked on 15 to get that 15% off and enjoy the best of what Built has for you these days. Yes, go ahead and do that. Stop playing around. Speaking of, you know, you know, uh, not playing around, Jameis Winston wasn't playing around last year before he got hurt. I'm talking about 14 touchdowns, three picks, T. He looked like a different guy. You know, we talked about the quarterback whisperer, Sean Payton. Like, Sean Payton had 
even though if people think feel that he maybe uh he maybe was uh babysitting Jameis a little bit, but he did a good job of because he wasn't turning the ball over. He looked very yep. efficient, and he's not the thirty thirty guy that I've joked about. You know, right. and him not being an ESPN documentary. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know you have to take Jameis Winston seriously and yeah. think that he's more closer to the guy that we saw last year versus mm-hmm. the guy that got him out of basically uh, Tampa Bay, and they uh, sent him on about his way. And I think that that's a something that. I think that Dean Pease is on the on lookout for. I heard great, great. We heard Grady Jarrett talk about that this week. Yeah. As far as like, hey, he's a good player. He has a live mm-hmm. arm. And I, but I think the main thing though, T, is they have to put pressure on this guy. They can't let him sit back there and 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 read a newspaper. <laughs> literally, literally. And it's so funny. The reason I'm chuckling about that is because I made a note like after we did our exchange on email this morning, and I had mm-hmm. two questions for you. And so I'm going to pose the first question based on what you just said, and we'll see if time permits that we'll get to the other one. But the question I have for the Falcons is just what you said. Which O-lineman, that's M-E-N, so that's multiples, which O-lineman by committee for the Falcons are going to keep Cam Jordan in check? Because if it's not, yeah. So it's A.J. Terrell in terms of who's the game changer for the the Falcons as far as the defense is concerned, but on offense, who's going to check Cam? That's my question. It's gonna have to be Caleb McGarity. Like it can't be, it can't be Chris Lindstrom because we know what to expect from him, right? We know mm-hmm. that he's gonna hold it down. Like yeah. more than likely, he's gonna win most of his battles. Like mm-hmm. and that and that's perfect. That's all we understand that. And then you know with Drew Dahlman coming in as the first year starter, you know, uh, on in the opening game, I think that that's something that you're gonna have to keep an eye on. But mm-hmm. it has to be Caleb McGarry, and it can't be super triple teams and. Several running backs coming to chip him and, and help him out. I think he's going to have to show that he can at least handle mm-hmm. Cam Jordan, his daddy, you know, one-on-one. And I hate to put it like that, but that's what it's been. You know, Cam Jordan has been very vocal about how he's handled the Falcons from an edge rushing standpoint since 76 have walked in that door up in Flowery Branch. And I think that that's going to be the key. If, we say, if we're saying that Caleb, we didn't call Caleb McGarry's name more than two times in, in, in this game, I think the Falcons will be okay. And I think they're going to have a really good chance of winning this game. And that's a good point because you think about what the Bills were able to do in pretty much neutralizing Aaron Donald last night. But I don't know that, to your point, the Falcons have that good fortune or good liberty to be able to have two old linemen to keep him in check, to keep, to keep uh, Cam Jordan in check. And then everything else is working on in all cylinders like it was for right. the Bills. See, they were able right. to double team Aaron Donald when needed so yes. that they could, like you said, just chip him enough so that that get, gave Josh Allen enough time. Of course, he has also uh, decreased his time for release. So then there's that. But ultimately mm-hmm. speaking, yes, Caleb McGarry, you can get a little bit of help for O-line by committee, but really not a whole heck of a lot of help for O-line committee. It's probably going to fall at least most of the time on your shoulders. Yes, and, and, that's, and that's basically what it is. You don't have to grow up, essentially. Like, hey, the Falcons sent the message by not picking up your fear for your option. Go ahead and prove them cats wrong, man. That's, that's, how, that's what the NFL is all about. When it's time to get paid, it's time to ball out. Point blank, period, as the uh, young folks will say. Now, tonight, T, you know what time, you know what time it is. The Braves out on the West Coast. They're taking on the Seattle Mariners. Old Uncle Charlie is going. Is on the mound tonight. Like, how you feeling about this one? Because you know, like they did what they were supposed to do. They swept the A's. Now the Mariners are 
headed to the playoffs for the first time in about 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is this is, is this a matchup that the Braves should win? It is. It's, it's definitely winnable for the Braves. Right. But this is going to be the, a tough test for them on the road. Of course, they're up in Seattle, so there's that. But they did also get a day off. So I love the right. fact that they got a chance to kind of reset before traveling up to Seattle. But I think when you look at the – the matchup, if you will. And yes, Robbie Ray does have more wins. I think he has 12 wins on the season versus, say, Charlie Morton, who's going for his eighth win. But you got to look at Charlie's last outing and the fact that he was able to go almost six innings of one run ball and he struck out, what, like seven batters. So when you think about that, if we can get that Uncle Charlie to come and show up today, then that'll be a good look because you always want to start that kind of series on a winning note, if you will, especially because, yes, we do know anchoring this series for the Braves will be Jake Odorizzi. You hope that he's well-rested enough to be able to do what he's doing on Sunday, but I don't want to take a chance on being forced to win games two and three to win the series. I'd rather the, the Braves get out there and do what they need to do, and hopefully Charlie Morton can at least keep Julio Rodriguez honest, keep Ty France honest, oh, and then therefore yeah. keep the Mariners honest as well. So, yeah, I do believe, to answer your question, that the Braves can get after it and do what they need to do, but I believe they need to have a good showing to start this series. No doubt about it. We want to keep you all honest. You, the listener, the viewer, right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, because guess what's coming up next? Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints will join us, and guess he is ready to roll, and the trash talk has already started. We'll get to all of that next, right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you for rocking with us. And throughout the entire show, we appreciate you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. And remember, remember, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review. Now, y'all, I don't want y'all to get upset. I don't want y'all to get mad because we have Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints joining us today. Like we said, we, we teased it. We talked about it throughout the week. We asked questions. And he is finally here. Ross Jackson, man, I got to start with this. I got to start off with this because a lot has been made about Sean Payton and and him not being there and and how the the Saints offense is going to look and I know how you, you kind of tell me told me how you feel about them but you know and I've been one of those people to be a lot or be to bring it up a lot in in, in conversations when it talking about when it comes to Saints Falcons what are your thoughts on Sean Payton not being there and Pete Pete Carmichael finally being the play caller for the New Orleans Saints yeah, look, I think that there are a lot of New Orleans Saints players that will tell you that Pete Carmichael is the mastermind, right? And so, of course, right. like a lot of that is about gassing up your guy and all these other things. So, you know, you take that for, for what it is. But but there's, there is some reality in that Pete Carmichael is one of the you know, original architects of that New Orleans Saints offense that we've seen since 2006 until about 2018, where it was sort of rebuilt and he was a big part of pioneering that rebuild as well one that was a little bit more of a condensed laterally attacking offense and so i think that Pete carmichael is one of those guys that maybe you know goes under the radar a bit because he doesn't have a big personality he doesn't really seem to be the type of guy that like wants to be out in front wants to be a head coach anything like that he just kind of wants to do what he loves which is kind of be this mastermind 
you know, on the X's and O's. And so that's sort of what he's focused on. And so I'm confident in Pete Carmichael's ability as a play caller. It's one that's sort of inherently aggressive, which I think will counteract what it is that maybe Dennis Allen as a defensive head coach will want to do uh, on the offensive side, which might be a little bit more ball control. So I think that the healthy balance between the two of them will end up benefiting. But look, you lose Sean Payton, you lose Sean Payton, right? It's one of the best play callers in the NFL, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. So I expect this New Orleans Saints offense to still have a lot of its tenets in place, but I'm not going to say that they're going to come out there and start putting up, you know, four or 500 yard total games right away, right? It's going to be a lot of ball control. It's going to be a lot of clock management to begin this season, in my opinion. All right, so you, I'm, I'm glad you brought up ball control because obviously when you talk about ball control, you're talking about running the football and being successful, right? And I think that Alvin Kamara, you know, if you look at the the, the two games last year against the, between these two teams, you, you saw that, hey, if the Saints have success running the football with Alvin Kamara, it's going to be a long day for the Falcons. So do you see Pete Carmichael, Carmichael doing that, making sure that Alvin Kamara get as many touches as possible? Yeah, I think so. I think you're going to see the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands a ton on Sunday. And I think a big part of that is understanding that Deion Jones is not going to be a part of this uh, this uh, Atlanta Falcons defense. And even when he was last year, it was a defense that was third worst in the NFL when it comes to EPA per play, which is just a measurement that takes into account efficiency in terms of a down distance game situation, all those things. Basically just a way to say how successful is a team on a play-by-play basis and that Atlanta Falcons defense was third worst in the NFL just ahead of the Jacksonville Jaguars and New York Jets not great company and that was with AJ Terrell on the field who's an elite outside corner and that was with Deion Jones who is an elite linebacker but he's not going to be a part of this game plan uh Foya Luakon is now over in Jacksonville those are big losses in the middle of that Atlanta Falcons defense so I expect to see the New Orleans Saints attack the middle of the defense one of the ways that they'll do that is by stretching the defense uh, laterally by getting Alvin Kamara out in space to either side, running the ball up the middle with Mark Ingram, and then, of course, attacking over the middle with the tight ends, with a guy like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, but also Alvin Kamara. So you're going to see Alvin Kamara in every element of those, uh, every element of that conversation attacking that Atlanta front seven. I do want to ask you about Michael Thomas and that potential matchup between he and A.J. Terrell. Before we do that, I definitely got to tell the folks about Coffee AM. It is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. But let me tell y'all, each and every day, you see how Ross is laughing because he understands what's about to go down. I'm about to oh, tell I y'all what it. this I thing is. I go, know to, it. <laughs> <laughs> go to the website, coffeeam.com backslash locked on. That is the website you need to go to. Now I'm about to tell you why you need to go there because it is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. I start my day with those Kenya K cups. Oh my God. When you go, when I go into my cabinet with, and look at that and smell that coffee grind, Ross, I promise you, I promise you, it is. It, it's so it makes me search my soul but understand that i'm glad i, I got up gotta, today i'm <laughs> you gotta drink it you gotta drink it you smell it and then you're like right yeah like i can drink. smell it and, and then it just, I'm, I'm like i'm good like i don't even need it and like when i actually do drink it and do take the time out and consume this coffee i am wide awake i go for 12 to 14 hours a day because i gotta get my workout on i got a lot of stuff to do during that throughout the day so I think you, you know, you know, you guys understand the how important it is for you to go to the website. Now, once you get there, here's the incentive, right? Once you get to coffeeam.com backslash locked on, go ahead and drop in the coupon code box. Locked on, you're gonna get 15% off that doggone first order. That's on coffee, gift sets, and teas. 
whatever you want. Go ahead and do it. So go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Drop in the coupon code box locked on. You're going to get 15% off your first order. Go ahead and pull up on the small, best, small, best coffee roaster in America. Now, I talked about that matchup with, you know, uh, Michael Thomas and A.J. Terrell. I think it's going to be something that's going to be very important now. I think the Falcons and the Saints have something similar, right? They have their lead wide receivers. Um, as far as, you know, Drake London, you know, he's been limited all week, and there, there may be mm-hmm. some issues that Michael Thomas may be dealing with. Are we going to see Michael Thomas versus A.J. Terrell on Sunday, uh, Ross? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I, I look, I've seen Michael Thomas in practice these last couple of days. He's been listed as limited, but even just watching him in walkthroughs and things like that, he looks good. He looks to be moving fine. I think that this is all kind of a – uh, a product of Matt Rea, who the New Orleans Saints added from Alabama not too long ago as their new director of sports science, who is a, a specialist when it comes to soft tissue injuries. He reduced Alabama's soft tissue injuries by 50% year over year once they bought into his practices. Wow. And so I think that that's a part of like the innovation that the New Orleans Saints are looking for in terms of their injury and their, their medical uh, issues. Remember last year, 58 different starters NFL record there between injuries and COVID and things like that. And so I think that the the byproduct of what Matt Ray is doing is a careful approach. And part of that is what you're seeing with Michael Thomas, with Pete Werner, with Eric McCoy, these guys that are limited on the injury report. But I do think you're going to see the heavyweight bout that is A.J. Terrell going up against uh, Michael Thomas on Sunday, barring anything unforeseen. And I think the Falcons and Arthur Smith, you know, who is – you know, they when Drake London was hurt in the first preseason game, I think they're taking that same approach as being very careful. I, yeah. I don't see him not being on the field on Sunday um, as well. So now, now Jameis Winston. Now I gotta ask you about this. Like, what the hell was he talking about? We're talking about my knees, touching my elbows, and all that. Like, what? 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 Like, just sing the song then. Like, if that's what it is, <laughs> Ross, just let him sing the song, bro. Like. Cause he just, I just got lost in that thirty-second video clip. Please tell me how that been, happened, cause I know you were there. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's been it's been a theme all throughout New Orleans State training camp. I mentioned Matt Rea. One of the things that he's brought to as, as an emphasis is bilateral training. And and Jarvis, I know you know this well. The idea that if you have something wrong on one side, that you don't need to only focus on, let's say, that left knee left knee you need to focus on the right leg so that you're not overcompensating certain things and stuff like that and so making sure you're building all this up so the saints have developed this new approach to where they'll work out a left leg work out a right leg work out a left arm work out a right arm and then see where there are deficiencies if there's a deficiency or there's any type of you know pain or anything that needs to be managed in the left leg then they're going to line you up and practice a few more times over on the right side so that you're you're you know, boosting off of your, your right foot you know you're exploding off your right foot as opposed to your left leg things like that and so that's basically where he was going with it but then he took it a step further to kind of explain like joints effectively and so uh you know i i really like listen i love covering Jameis winston so much because i think that he is such a fun personality he's such a genuinely good person but there there are these moments where like he says things and i'm like do you like do you go back to the locker room and say guess what i got them to do Guess what I got them to do today? Because there were like three or four different media members that were like, knees, it's knees, it's knees, knees, knees. I know what it is. You know what I mean? And so like, we're literally <laughs> like, the I, question. Got I got him. <laughs> you know, Davis is smart, man. I know he knows what he's doing. Yes, he's definitely a guy that, you know, you look at and you say, yeah, he can't be serious. And, he, you know, <laughs> you know, crazy as a fox, I think, I think is a perfect term for or awesome. a phrase that he is. Now, last but not least, before we get, I'll let you go, Ross, I got to ask you this question. 
<clears throat> All seriousness, man. No jokes right here. <clears throat> All right, ready. ready. How much do the Saints lose by on Sunday? Um, they don't. They don't <laughs> lose by any on Sunday is the answer to that question. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints are going to win this game, man. I don't know if they're going to cover that five-and-a-half-point spread that Bet Online. That's got a big number, far. man. They're going to cover all that. Yeah, you know, this look, this is an away game, like this is this is a divisional game, like all that. But you know, look, I was on the plane this morning. I saw a lot of New Orleans Saints fans that are gonna be uh stepping up into oh, that Mercedes Benz Stadium. Don't be surprised if it feels like a home game at Atlanta for Stomach the Stomach hurt already, right, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I already, oh, I already got it. I got the pains. I got the pains. <laughs> <laughs> the careers already. All the etouffee and everything. I could just smell it right here in oh, my house out yeah, there on we, the we east side of Atlanta, man. Just Come smelling on. like gumbo. Like, we, we're ready. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm gonna come over there and get me a cup of it. But, you know, I don't, that don't mean I have to like it. <laughs> right. yeah, you can eat it mean. You can eat it, you can eat it angry. Just like, be frowning like a bug. That's all we care about. <laughs> shrimp, though. <laughs> well, Ross Jackson, man, I appreciate you. I thank you for uh, joining ATL Day once. We um, don't go anywhere, guys. We got For the Culture coming up next. We're gonna talk about Oyeka Kongwu. And all the good things that he's been doing, and Michael Harris is out here dropping some bread on some really good calls. We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T. We'll be right back. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really appreciate you guys are pushing us to 4,000 subscribers. Yes, I said you because it's all about you. We appreciate you guys for liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. And also, you've been dropping those five-star reviews wherever you download your podcast as well. We appreciate, appreciate that um, because that helps spread the word about this greatness that we have going on right here on ATL Day Ones. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, whatever the hell we want to talk about, that's just because I would get down on this show now. Like, you have been a big, huge proponent for Onyeka, Okongwu, and I think that, you know, the AJC understands that and realize that, and that's why I want to bring it up because I think that, you know, sometimes when we start talking about, you know, the Hawks and what they and, – and as far as what they can be as far as contenders in the Eastern Conference, we kind of mm-hmm. forget about double O, and I think that we need to understand that this dude absolutely had a really good season last year, and I think that – he is you know, mature enough and understands yeah. that, hey, yeah, I did my thing last year, but I know I need to get better. And I think that Travis Slank started off with like, hey, man, we need you to rebound the basketball a little bit more. Do you uh, – I mean, what are your expectations for Onyeka Congo coming into this season? Yeah, so that first season, we kind of saw shades of what he could do, right? Right, And yeah. it was like, okay, okay, just expand that on the defensive side of the ball. So to your point, he was really that go-to guy – uh, between his first, well, at the end of his first season, to be honest with you, he used to give some folks some fits, uh, right. as we saw in that playoff run, right, the postseason run. And then in the second season, you kind of saw him evolve, right, kind of um, not just being that player who was guarding inside, but somebody who was comfortable at least going out and contesting a mid-range jumper here and there, but certainly still the guy who could play the four and play the five and give a big man some fits. But you also really only saw double O kind of stay under the basket, making shots. So at some point to be a real threat, you've got to also stretch the floor offensively. So he mm-hmm. has been working diligently on his jump shot. He's been posting to social media just to kind of get fans excited about that, to let him know, let them know rather that he is not resting on his laurels. And I really love to see it because that's something that honestly, 
I don't know how much he's worked on it necessarily, but even Clint Capella, he's got to, you know, he, he added a little bit, but he's got to add some more to his range because you and I talked about the fact that it's exciting what we're going to see with Trey and DeJounte. We already know the backcourt, hey, it's a good look. And we believe that if Dre Hunter is healthy, he's going to be a good look as well as JC. And we even, but when we stopped, when we went down that road, I was like, oh my but we forgot about, we didn't even get to double O. Right, and yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, because that is really, when you start talking about the depth, right, at each position, yeah. it's not just about having players or having a guy. No, we need the guy. That guy who, if you put him in the starting rotation, you don't have much of a, a slip off or a fall off. And I do right. believe that as O is putting little you know a little bit more in the toolbox he's gonna be that guy yeah he definitely he's gonna have to be that but that guy because of the expectations that he has not only from us you know and and wanted to see that development in a travis slank um nba draft pick but you know it's coming from within as well i know nate mcmillan is he's raising his expectations travis mm-hmm. slank talked about the expectations that he set for him and i think that in today's game, though, T, to your point, uh, when you think about positionless basketball, you have to be able to st- stretch out from offensively and defensively. Like you talk about him being able to guard on the perimeter. And with so many teams basically switching nowadays, and that's mm-hmm. the new new thing, and like Onyeka is going to have to be able to hold it down if he ends up being on a two-guard, you know, mm-hmm. and, and be able to hold his own, you know, for as long as uh, the defense uh, can permit. Right. So I think that – that's something that we're going to have to definitely keep an eye out on. And it's it's really interesting because, like, like it didn't look good when, when in, in, uh, Yucca Congo. Like you said, there were flashes, but there were some really – it was some lows. There were some lows. Let me say it like that. I'm not going, I'm not going to go bash them too – I'm not going to go in like that. But there were some times where you're like, man, why did they draft this dude? And then as, you, as time went along, because, you know – we're not patient today no. in today's society. Yes. And, and PTSD, so they'll go down the rabbit hole really fast. Like, yes. see, I knew it. Yeah. It was a bust. I told you. I was like, it's only the fifth game of the, if it's rookie right. year. Calm down. So, <laughs> but, but definitely, you know, we, uh, we understand what it is for, for Ayaka uh, Kongwa to have an, uh, an effect on this team and, and it, that, Everybody is going to be counting on him in order for the Hawks, you know, if they want to become contenders in the Eastern Conference, he's definitely going to have to raise his game up. Speaking of a guy who has raised his game up, a young player and Michael Harris, you know, who's from Decatur, by the way. I just found that out. You know, he's just from he's from the deck. So, you know, you know, he all right with me. Now, he for those who don't know, you know, if you've been hiding under a rock, he played in double A in Mississippi. Now there's a connection there for him. His father played at Alcorn State, HBCU stand up, doing his thing. That's in Mississippi yeah. as well. And, you know, he got he got word of what's going on down in Jackson, Mississippi, as far as the water, people not being able to – if they have running water, they have to boil it and everything. Like, it's just a lot going on down in the city. So he, he took it upon himself to – it was about $23,000. Mm-hmm. He dropped that on them and said, hey, put it to good use. And, and I think that when you think about – who he is as a player, T, Michael Harris, mm-hmm. that is. Like, are you su- – I'm not surprised. I don't know about you, but I am not surprised at all that, you know, he's doing this and, and reaching back out to, you know, the community that, you know, bas- basically raised him because he yeah. looks at it like a second home as well. Yes, and 
I got two things for you. You know, our HBCU family will drag us if we do not say all corn, because you know they come for you. Oh, Sorry. yes, they do. My bad. You know they, oh, yes. So all corn one family, L, though. <laughs> we, we love you, all corn, we do. So I had to just go with that one. And number two, shout out to dad for, you know, as the HBCU alum, but mama is too, Tuskegee grad. And he gets his giving from his mama mm-hmm. because she's a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And there we go. That's two days in a row, T. I just had to. I couldn't help it. I had to. I had to. Okay. So now that we have that out of the way, but real talk, you're absolutely right. He has He has been raised to have a desire to give back. And yeah. so if, if we're being honest about it, that's mom, that's dad, and that's all of that connectivity. And then looking at something, I say this all the time, if you want to see service on a consistent level, you have got to give in a space and place that means something to you, right? And right. so that area has meaning to him, obviously, number 23, giving back almost 23 grand, I appreciate it. And then the other thing is this, you alluded to this, it's great to give water. And of course, I know our churches are very much involved in that process, yes. sending trailers mm-hmm. of water down there. But some of the water issues have been addressed in terms of the upfront, right? But being a New Orleans native and growing up having, you know, seeing the ravages of a Katrina or an Ida, uh, those natural catastrophes, if you will, you know, it's the aftermath. It's some of the things that people don't think about. So the fact that maybe your refrigerator, because once you vacated your house because of the water situation, maybe you didn't think about leaving the AC low or doing whatever you needed to do with your utilities. You know what that means? All the food in your refrigerator is gone. Anything that might've been made with that water before you knew it was contaminated, can't use it. So when it's money that's put up outside of just water, if you will, that's what I love about this because those individuals in who are affected in that area, they're gonna need the water, but they're also gonna need monetary resources. So shout out for him for also thinking of the nuances that are the aftermath of once you actually get the water, how we're going to have the necessary financial resources to be able to do what we need to do. So MH2, you the MVP. Man, standing. As, my, as, as a wise philosopher uh, by the name of Jeezy once said, standing ovation, my friend. Appreciate you for reaching back and doing your thing. But before yeah. we get out of here, T, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been getting a lot of good comments about the survey, um, the um, poll that I talked about earlier is about mm-hmm. as far as how the Falcons gonna win, who's gonna be the MVP of that particular game. There was one comment that just really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's about from our guy, Slim Pickens. Um, like that name, has a nice little ring to it. He said, good question. And you know what? To be honest with you, that's the perfect comment because there are a lot of questions about the Falcons coming into this season, and we, we've talked about at length about what those look like and and, and can they answer them. But I, I think that you know, hey, Slim Pickens, man, appreciate you. You are our ATL Day One's comment of the week. Yes, thank you, thank you for stopping by, Slim. Stopping by our page on YouTube, always appreciate that, and thank you guys for always joining us. We cannot wait to see your comments. Don't wait until Monday. In fact. Give us some post-game comments after Sunday. Give us your reaction. And we'll talk about that on our Monday overreaction Monday show. About yes, a lot of overreaction. <laughs> Can't wait. There's no going to be that way. And yes. then, of course, we're going to download on Braves, hopefully downloading on a winning series and anything and everything else that happens on this Atlanta sports scene. And, hey, 
Jarvis and I are going to be out there Sunday out and about. So look for your girl, look for your boy, because we definitely want to say what's up to you. So enjoy the ATL streets. It's going to be deep out there with Saints, folks, because I know all my people are coming through. So enjoy it. Dirty birds, who that's get it in and have a great weekend. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>